Over the last year, one polarizing man seems to come up more on this show than any other. Today we decide once and for all if we are for or against Elon Musk. Just old friends on the podcast who build a defense on ridiculous topics are you for or against? Discussing random issues, man, this show is immense. So tune in and choose a side that you sit on the fence. Man, we debate a lot of issues, boy, where do we start? Adults who drink milk and self-driving cars. You listening now to for or against? So turn the volume up, this is for or against. Hello and welcome to For or Against, a podcast for new friends produced by old friends. On this show, I've been accused of having a man crush on Elon Musk, but it's not my fault that he keeps coming up whenever we discuss other topics, or maybe it is entirely my fault. Either way, he's a complicated figure who has been in the news more than usual as of late. So with me to discuss all things in the Muskverse are Mike Winan, Rob Silver, and Pat Lothian. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, my friends. Hello. Hi. Robbie. Okay, there we go. Thank you. Uh, Before we get into our main topic and uh, the subtopics that will derive from our main topic, Elon Musk, let's first find out what's been going on in everybody's life, starting uh, with Patrick Lothian. Pat, what is going on with you? I'm I'm releasing a special edition NFT based off of my collaboration with Michael McFadden's project. All right. Uh Or NFTs coming your way. What's the nature of your project? We did a collaboration of my Mona Lisa stamp. So I have four special edition Mona Lisa stamps coming out. Robbie, what about you? What's going on in your life? And let's, uh, you know, try to we'll keep, keep up we'll the keep pace it snappy. Uh, yeah. This past weekend was Mother's Day. Shout out to everyone who is has a mom somewhere in their life, whether it's your mom, you're a mom, you, 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 you appreciate moms in general. We, we love them. And my wife is an amazing mom. And so got to celebrate her. For the second anniversary of her being a Mother's Day mom this year, and yeah, it was wonderful. We we got to spend a little time together with our daughter, and then some other time together without our daughter because we had a, a babysitter watching her. So it was just a lovely celebration of my wife Drew's mom. <laughs> All right, thank you, Robbie. Michael, how about you? What's going on in your life? I uh, I cut down a tree. Really? Well, it was a very small tree, a, a shrub, a sapling, <laughs> if you will. But it died in the in the snowpocalypse. I, I gave it a few months to see if it might come back, but it is not. So I uh, I cut the damn thing down, and now I feel uh, like three percent more manly. Wow! <laughs> well, congratulations. What implement did you use to remove said shrub tree? Uh, some big ass shears and then a shovel. <laughs> All right, very good. Shears? This is <laughs> well, like yeah. really huge loppers. Like, they look like scissors, but like the size of a human being. <laughs> Comedically large. Yes. <laughs> if you were to need to cut a piece of paper and somebody would hand you one of these, you'd say, "Ah, uh-uh, this is not it. This is too big. <laughs> too big. I can't but a, do but a need tiny tree stump. No problem." Right, right size. Okay. This is very interesting because my update is all three of your updates combined. I also did the thing with Pat. I also celebrated Mother's Day with my wife. Um, and uh, then I also cut down a tree. It was you also bastard. a shrub. And no I, I just used a shovel. I swear to God. Because I did all of your things in a single yes. week. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I win the update section yeah. of the show. Yeah, you do. Usually Congrats, do. Mike. 
Thank you, guys. Okay, now it's time to play for or against. This week, we'll discuss the various companies owned by Elon Musk. And then finally, we'll discuss the man himself or his public persona. And then we will decide if we are for or against the Doge father. Starting uh. off. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he calls that, himself. That's that's fair. <laughs> starting off, um, we're gonna we're gonna jump into his his companies. We're gonna talk about those first, and starting with SpaceX. Um, after Elon Musk made um, a very profitable exit from the company PayPal that he helped co uh, helped to co-found, um, he dedicated a, a hugely substantial portion of his net worth to try to make a rocket company to you know basically improve upon uh, you know the 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 space industry and. In the early days, it didn't go so well. He had enough money to send four rockets into space. I believe the first three exploded, but upon the uh, fourth launch, it was a success, and uh, that uh, enabled him to procure a contract, I believe, with NASA. And you know, since then, uh, the company has been rapidly evolving and iterating. And uh, they recently just uh, procured another contract to to go back to the moon. They are building a uh, basically like their own Kennedy Space Center, but in Boca Chica, Texas. So our two Texans, maybe you'll have something to say about this. What do we think about SpaceX, the company? Are we for or against the privatization of an industry that historically has only been, um, you know, like run by the largest nation states in the world? Let's start with our first Texan, Mike Winan. SpaceX, for or against this aspect of Elon Musk? What do you think? Yeah, SpaceX... Um... It does some really cool things, and I always wait on bated breath as to see how far they're going and, and what their plans are. It's, it's by far probably the most uh, adventurous, if that's the right word, company that I can think of at the top of my mind. You know, uh, I've always really, I think, as, as all young boys do, have been kind of fascinated by uh, space travel and, and the, uh, the hope that it brings. Uh, very aware that the space race against the Soviets, uh, where we ended up on the moon, uh, brought us things like lasers, solar cells, advancements in wireless communication, GPS, CAT scans, were all things that came as, as a result of that. So it's hard to argue that even with the, you know, particular objectives, you know, spending money in this kind of research field, you know, provides a a public benefit. But I think it's been very clear after we got to the moon was like, we're going to continue to spend the same amount of money as part of the government and then not really see the same kind of, of benefit from it. So the buds. mattresses. Yes, we got those. <laughs> so one thing in the last 50 years, but uh, so the privatization of space travel, I think is, you know, the private market might be able to do this thing better than the uh, public funds can. Although it's interesting in the model that he's got, it's that he, you know, provides a contract to the government that the government then executes upon. And so uh, I think that's a good public private marriage. I think that's very cool. My one fear is that he's developing a uh, Kalyan on Mars for all the rich people to go. If you ever want to read, uh, uh, the fountainhead that's that's what they do except they go to an island all the rich people go to an island and leave us to fend for ourselves that's the one fear but i don't think that's what's happening here um i am for spacex all right patrick do you have anything to add to mike's uh explanation 
Um, <clears throat> I think that it makes much more sense for private companies to do this because, well, the, the problem is it sounds like it's still tax dollars going towards it when it seems like there's a lot more things that are more important in the, in the short term for our tax dollars to go towards. Um, so I like the idea that private people were paying for, but now it sounds like maybe that's not the case. It's not really like they provide, they get a bid from the government, the government then gives them the money. So all the money that SpaceX makes comes from tax dollars, but they can do it a lot cheaper than having to build all the infrastructure and then do all the things. Um, and I must interject. I'm sorry, gentlemen, but uh, SpaceX does not only. Uh, I think it's like 80 to 85 percent of it. They is, do is, a lot of is, private work and we haven't even entered the space tourism. You know, that hasn't happened yet. I, I mean, that, that's, yet, the, that's, the process, that's the plan. McFadden, I'm impressed that you've been able to sit on your hands this long while they're just like talking. <laughs> like I'm going to win for you to jump on in. Right, right. Well, I mean, but the whole idea here is that they're doing it much more um, efficiently than they would if NASA had to do it all themselves. That's yes. the reason that they moved to the private industry. Um, it, they're not just taking that money that once was allocated towards NASA and then just giving it to a private company. They're saving a lot of money right. um, while still getting the things that they need to be in outer space in outer space. Right, okay. spy satellites to look at your house, stuff like I, that. I could be, because so I don't have anything against space. I mean, space is cool. I like, like movies about us going to space and that kind of thing. But I think really like we're we're in a bad spot in our country, and it just feels like there's better places for our money to go. But I think I could be for this because what you just said, Mike, that it isn't just here take all the money going to, that would have gone to NASA. So I'm going to be for it in general. Okay, Robbie, <laughs> SpaceX, anything to add here? I have plenty of things to add. So first, I'm okay, going to do a quick a quick fact check on Mike Winan. Um, Mike, you said that we spend about the same amount on space exploration from the government now as we've ever spent, and we've gotten, we, we don't make as much progress as we used to. That's not quite true. In the 1960s, we were spending over 4% of our federal budget just on NASA, and in recent decades, it's been about half a percent of the federal budget. Yeah, so. inflation has had a lot to do with it. I will, I will totally no, that, that's, that's a, a percentage. percentage of yeah. our federal budget. I will agree with that for sure. <laughs> of, regardless of inflation, it's how much we're spending out of our budget. So anyways, that's the first thing, um, which is part of the reason why we haven't made as much progress. We spent a lot in the 60s, spent less after that. Um, I wish we would have spent more because I think this is very important, but I'm super happy that SpaceX is now taking the lead from a private perspective to get us progress specifically. And I think this is going to be a theme for lots of the, the companies we talk about Elon Musk's company's goals often are their goals are to better humanity in the long term. Like obviously they have short term interests to make money, to to build technologies, but ultimately the stated goal that I'm I am buying into is that he is doing something that is for the good of the future of humanity long after we're gone. And so <laughs> with SpaceX specifically, um, his stated goals, he wants to make the human race a multi-planet space-faring species, which means that we can not just travel to, but also colonize and live on other planets within Ooh, our solar we're system. We're already getting into the man himself topics, but continue. No, I think this is SpaceX. No, this is central to the mission of SpaceX. This is one of the primary reasons that the company exists. Yeah, th this I'll is save actually... Save it for when the time is right. <laughs> McFadden <laughs> or Robbie, real quick. 
is there is there a benefit to trying to set up some sort of base on Mars versus the moon? Yes, there is. There yeah. are next to zero uh, natural resources on the moon. And so to create a uh, self-sustaining uh, you know, colony on the moon is going to be impossible, whereas it is possible on the Mars because there are the you know fundamental foundational elements that one needs in order to survive long term. I didn't know um, that. That's why I was asking. It is. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that's the response there. Um, but I would sort of like to piggyback off of what Robbie was saying, that it's not just so that we can be multiplanetary, uh, be a multiplanetary species for the sake of being a multiplanetary species. On a long enough timeline, the Earth will eventually, uh, you know, go extinct. The sun will, you know, explode and capture, you know, just take envelop, away our entire, yeah. envelop our solar system. And so by becoming not just a multiplanetary uh, species, but a spacefaring um, you know, civilization, uh, we are going to uh, preserve human consciousness, which to, you know, our knowledge right now, we on this third rock from the sun are the only ones who have this thing that we know and can call and discuss about as consciousness. And so if we let that eventual extinction event take place. That could that could be it. We we have no evidence that it exists anywhere else, and so it could be our moral obligation to spread it across the uh, the universe and maybe even the multiverse. And I and I think if you want to get philosophical, I do think there is a debate there on whether that's important for us to do that. I personally think we should. I think it's important for humanity to continue. But I can very easily see if you make an argument to say. Let's just live out our days and one day we'll be gone and that's okay too. But what I, what portion of the we need to be a spacefaring organization, uh, you know, organization like, like a, a group, species, a species uh, is propaganda or, you know, public public persona. Uh, SpaceX is a publicly tri- or is a private <clears throat> company, but it's a profit. You know, it's a for profit company, uh, you know if he really wanted to do these things, he wanted to be for the betterment of the mankind of, for mankind. Uh, there are better ways to do that. I think the people living in, to- in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in Texas it, next to the, 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 uh, place where he is shooting off those rockets would say so. I think, uh, he would be focusing on, on more than just space tourism to do it. Um, I think you've you've drank just a little bit too much Kool Aid and look well, back. So, I would want so, you to look back on so it from a more. What you're getting into now actually does get into Elon the man, which yes. we can hit on more. Uh, but if you're going to save it for a little bit later, what I will say is I think you are correct that he sacrifices some human interests to then get at other human interests, and I think he takes a much, much, much longer term view of what he considers to be beneficial for human beings than almost anyone else on the planet. So in doing so, I think he, and unfortunately, he sometimes sacrifices the betterment of humans who are here with him in person right now. Like his factory workers. So let's save that for, for later. <laughs> if you want to we, get when we get to Tesla, we can talk about that. Yeah. But Mike, I have to push back a little bit. You said that there's a better way to achieve the end goal of- Not a nonprofit. It's not a nonprofit, which it's its goal. I mean, that's not what it is. And it's not a stated, stated objective. It's, I understand, it's but public, what is, what it's, is, it's what the, is the vehicle- the things that he says. What is the vehicle by which human endeavors can exist other than a for-profit capitalist driven organization that can achieve great things. 
I, no, I, I fully, I fully agree that that could be central a poss- planning possibility, but that's not Union. <laughs> I fully agree with that, but that's not the positioning that he's positioning SpaceX to be, you know, when he's with the external, um, you know, PR that's going out. It's, it's a, this is something that's going to change the world for the better. And there's nothing else happening here, but that, and that's not true. Like, like there's some PR, you have to admit there's some PR around this. And I remain for it, but there's a lot of PR <laughs> on it here. I am wow. so pissed about it, but I'm so for it still. <laughs> that's Listen, fair. I, I think you're still, I, yeah, it is fair, but there's a, a short-term view and a long-term view. And I think the, even the short-term things that you he might does. might be giving him a lot of credit. That's all I'm saying. The short-term things that the company, <laughs> I, I shouldn't say a he, lot of credit. <laughs> the short-term things that the company SpaceX does as a for-profit company are done step-by-step for the long-term plan of of what we said before. And so for things like, you know, they, they've created, they created a for-profit company so that they have the resources to build an, ex, to build an R and D center and to build renewable rockets. And we haven't, so that, we haven't hang, seen that hang second on. part of that story. No, hang on, hang on one second. So SpaceX is the first entity ever to create reusable rockets that he launched, they launched up in space and they successfully landed without crashing them and bursting into flames or dropping I think one the today too. And and they could then dust those off and relaunch them again, and that saves about ninety percent of the cost of instead of just like breaking it and rebuilding it from scratch, you can just re- reuse it, and so that then reduces the cost, which is obviously good for a for-profit company, but it also means that the future cost to launch things into space as a whole will be lower, which then makes it easier to send things like human beings into space over and over again. And and, I- and satellites, which is what they are doing to create a global mesh network of high bandwidth internet access that is going to enable people in areas who never had this resource uh, before to be able to get online for the first time, I remain right. four. <laughs> I, I am four, as yeah, well. but I want you to be more four. <laughs> no, I think you guys I are think, just your muskets. I think I'm gonna agree with you more than the two of them, Wyden. But I think you're dying on the you're like dying on the wrong issue way too soon. Like this is like the easiest issue. We got a long conversation <laughs> ahead of us, boys. Because All even right. if you said like, oh, he could be doing better things with the money, which I completely agree. Um, he has plenty of money, so he has plenty that he could put towards this if this is something that is a passion of his. So, uh, moving on, <laughs> let's move along now to uh, a perhaps lesser known Elon Musk uh, jam, the Boring Company. For those of you that don't know, the Boring Company is trying to um, improve transportation by creating a uh, three-dimensional transportation network. Now you might say to yourself, what what do you mean by three-dimensional transportation network? Do you mean flying cars? No, I actually mean the opposite of that. They're trying to go underground. Uh, the cities that we all love and have, you know, grown up in and, you know, visited and, and so on and so forth, they grew up, right? So skyscrapers got taller and taller, but the transportation grid remained the same. It was two-dimensional. And so that increased uh, the congestion to make traffic a horrendous night. The Boring Company is trying to create an efficient way to tunnel so that we could create an entire network of underground roadways that would uh, help alleviate that congestion. So, gentlemen, are you for or against the Boring Company, who is essentially trying to reinvent tunneling to a certain extent? Let's start with Patrick. Patrick, do you know about the Boring Company? Yeah. 
so I was definitely more for this when I first learned about it and hearing all the things you said, but it, and at some point it might get to the point where it is that, and they've done a good job, but so far they have not done a good job. It's like, not, it's not good. <laughs> like all that he's shown off is like, here's a long tunnel that you could put your Tesla into and it will go fast down the tunnel. And that wasn't the image that I was getting when they were selling this. And it seems like if you're going to put in all the engineering that needs to be done and the money that needs to be done into doing this, it's just, they didn't do a good job. Um, so I'm going to be against this for now. And maybe one, one year I will be for it again, but at the moment I'm against. Okay. Robbie, let's go back to you here. The boring company. Are you for or against the boring company? And maybe preface by telling us what your you know general knowledge level is as it relates to said boring company. Well, of, of his companies, I do know the least about the boring company, but I like it for the name. So I'm probably for <laughs> it just because of the name. And okay. other than that, I think uh, the idea is cool. I think that's what Elon Musk does a lot. Like he throws out ideas like, hey, this would be cool. And then like some of them, he actually tries to pursue and some less. So I think Pat's right. This one, he's like, this is a cool idea. And then he like goes half ass on it. So I'm for it. But I think for the part of the moment. problem with me too is like, he's still like, is acting like it's a, a, a home run. Like it's a hundred percent perfect. <laughs> he's like, guys, check this out. Look at this Tesla going down this tunnel. This is amazing. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, how about you, Boring Company? Yeah, so the Boring Company, you know, is is closely tied to another Elon Musk uh, venture, which he doesn't own, but is but is definitely a proponent of, is the Hyperloop. So the Hyperloop is a theoretical public transportation venture that could use these tunnels to then get to, you know, from Baltimore to Washington, D.C. in two minutes. Like, could really revolutionize uh, the way that, that goods and people are, are travel around this large country. I go to Spain and I go to Japan and I go to Italy and then we've got these fast trains and it really changes the way that business can be done and people get around. And so I need I'm, my Amazon in minutes. And yeah, you could. <laughs> it is bullshit. So I would super, I would very much be on board with that. I mean, after founding the boring company, uh, Elon Musk has repeatedly come out against public transportation because the person next to you might be a murderer. Um, <laughs> so that's why you, now you see things Wait, like can, the Tesla can you, going can down you explain there. That? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought we were going to save the man for a little bit later. Well, in the I mean, show. I'm saying so. The future of the boring company may not be public transportation. Is basically what I'm saying. But it's avoidance of murders. It there, <laughs> if we keep it there in a public in a way to change public transportation which i think we can all agree in this nation is is deficient as part of our infrastructure um if we can find a way to make the you know uh tunneling that do long distances and in short amount of time less air travel um you know which has a, a lot of issues with it even though that I, I, you know i've said on this podcast how much i love air travel um i'm on board so i'm i'm still for uh the boring company all right. Um, I am for the boring company. Surprise, surprise. I think it's really <laughs> cool. Um, I think like anytime you're trying to innovate, like your early prototypes are going to suck. Like if you've ever tried to do something like that, nobody has ever done before. It's not like you have a playbook that you can follow. So yes, the boring company's tunnels currently are pretty lame. <laughs> 
and they are not nearly as cool as the uh, CGI like videos that they that they mocked up. But uh, you got to start somewhere, and so I'm still uh, ever the optimist when it comes to uh, the Boring Company, and I'm envisioning a future where I can zip through tunnels like a pneumatic mailing mailing tube in a large building. Uh, I look forward to that. So we have the same answer. You're just for something that currently sucks because of your your lover, Elon. Uh, no, because I think that I have an appreciation for um, iterative improvement and what it takes to do something that has never been done before. Mike is Mike's an entrepreneurship been done teacher too, so I think this <laughs> fits right. right up his alley. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move along now to a probably the, the least known company, uh, maybe tied with Boring Company that Elon is involved with, and that's a Neuralink. Those of you that don't know, Neuralink um, is a uh, basically human to computer interface that goes directly into your brain. Um, the idea behind this company is to uh, get rid of the bottleneck uh, that exists with regard to uh, bandwidth. Uh, both uh, downloading and, and uploading, or as normal people would talk, um, talking. <laughs> so talking is not the most efficient means of communication. You're limited by the number of words that you can speak. Um, there's a hard cap. Uh, however, if you didn't need to speak, if data could transfer between minds, uh, at the same rate that it does between computers, well, then you know that would change things uh, dramatically. Currently, they're working to try to uh, help uh, individuals with uh, brain injuries and re recover movement. Um, they, I believe, recently had a Neuralink early prototype plugged into the mind of a pig, and that pig was playing Pong, the video game. So they're actually making great strides here. And within the next uh, couple of years, I think like one or two years, they're going to have some products uh, that are available for individuals who have, um, you know, some sort of uh, disability, cognitive um, or physiological, or one of those ones that are like, you know, a bridge between the two um, to sort of like regain neural pathways that have, you know, been lost. I don't think I spoke super elegantly there, but you get the idea of what I'm trying to talk about. Are we for Basically, if you have if you have some sort of physical paralysis, you can still use your your brain to essentially make physical movements or do things in the physical world. Yeah, and I think they're trying to look at other um, uh, aspects, uh, other applications uh, for uh, all sorts of other neurological, um, you know, conditions that that currently exist, where they think that they can make headway in in that regard. But eventually, they want to create a uh, you know consumer uh, product that would basically make us all cyborgs. Elon Musk has stated that we are already cyborgs uh, when it comes to our dependency on using the mobile device. Uh, so this would just enhance that in his uh, in his words. So let's start with uh, Robbie this time because we haven't heard from you yet. Okay, so I am well versed on this one. Side note, McFadden, have you read the article on the website Wait But Why about Neuralink? Yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah, so I think it, it's a long article, as are most of the articles on that website. But if you want a really, really good in-depth idea of what Neuralink is, read that article on Wait But Why. Uh, it, it gets it right. So anyways, I have mixed feelings about this because it's like it, it stems from the root of like what actually is progress. And I think he, Elon is absolutely right that like we're already kind of half cyborgs with the, our phones in our hands because we're typing away, we're searching for things, we're communicating over text and email. 
And all of those things, he just wants to automate that. So like, we don't need to use our thumbs. We could just use our brain and just think about something. And it zaps off the information that we're generating to somebody else. And it retrieves information either from other people or from other sources, like in today's world, like websites. Um, so the reducing of that friction makes a lot of sense to me. It's like, we want to achieve everything we achieve, but just in a simpler way, because we're already doing those things. Let's just reduce the friction. But the way to ultimately achieve that is going to require, and by the way, this is extremely theoretical because the brain is the most complex thing probably that we could, could ever understand and that we don't understand. Maybe but your the theory, brain. That's right. Or... Your, your past brain is very easy to understand, but or my brain notice. is a bit more complex. And so the idea would be that you have like some sort of mesh webbing that integrates with all the minuscule little neurons firing within your brain. And it will pick up exactly what you're trying to do. And, and it could connect to uh, Wi-Fi being down from Elon satellites and pick up information that way. Um, but the idea of just really becoming a cyborg, having that integration of mesh in your brain, that's kind of weird. And I, there, <laughs> there, there, are going, there will definitely be half of the population who says, hell no, we do not want that. And I totally respect that. And so I think one other part of Elon's goal, which you didn't articulate McFadden, is that um, it's inevitable that we are going to, there will be in more integrated interactions with artificial intelligence. And if we don't take control of artificial intelligence now, we run the risk of human beings essentially going extinct due to artificial intelligence, overrunning the world in a very negative way. So Elon's point is that we need to take control of it now by meshing ourselves with that artificial intelligence so that we continue to have control over artificial intelligence in the centuries to come. I did not forget that, Robbie. I was saving it for my portion. So thank okay. you very much. <laughs> so I'll let you field that part of it. I don't think I want to have a mesh webbing in my own brain. Uh, I like the idea of reducing the friction. I, it's, if it falls in the wrong hands, it could be dangerous. So I'm reluctantly for, I hope that it works out well, but pray for us. All right, Pat, how about you? Neuralink. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's funny that you're kind of scared of some of this stuff. Cause I mean, some of the, a lot of the stuff that he's, he's doing, he's like pushing it forward, like space exploration, stuff like that. But all of it's inevitable, like having some sort of neural link in the next a thousand years seems pretty inevitable. I'm not too worried about it. But what I really like is the other stuff that Mike was talking about of how it could help in our lifetimes. Like, I don't think Elon's going to be alive when you're using your brain to search the web. I could be wrong. I just don't think that we're going to do that that quickly. But to be able to actually help people like this seems like the most realistic to what one of you guys said that he's trying to help mankind like that could literally help people now um so the idea of being able to help people with disabilities um i think that that can make a big impact and even if you get to the point where you can do a lot with this say in the next 20 years it's still not going to be used to search the internet first it's going to be used in medical devices and stuff where there's money that can be put behind that type of thing. Maybe some billionaires will have to be able to, or will be able to do the website stuff. But uh, overall I'm for this and I'm not terrified of it. Oh, 
Okay. Yeah, you're absolutely right, by the way. And I think that just emphasizes the point we made at the last topic, which is like the near-term progress versus the long-term progress. And it seems based on both the last two topics, Pat, you are more concerned with the near-term progress and rightly so. It's Those are very important things to deal with. And so I think that will be when we get to the Elon portion, like discussing the man himself, that'll be an interesting part of like where his priority is actually laid. But you're right. This is one of those areas where like it can have, it can help human beings now and potentially later too. All right, Mike. Neuralink. Yeah. So um, Neuralink is doing some very exciting things, um, you know, with particularly the things that interest me is, is what Pat mentioned in that it can help people with um, uh, neurological disorders, specifically um, uh, deafness, blindness, and hey, partial paralysis. And I don't know if you guys know this, but you know somebody who has partial paralysis that could potentially benefit from something like this. Yeah, Rob puts him down about his abilities all the time. <laughs> he <does>. a dick. <laughs> um, but um, I also think about this is, is um, how long is that technology going to be um, is going to be up to date? How often do I have to change my iPhone? Like every four years, <laughs> there's no fucking way I'm getting under the knife every two years to update my neural link. <laughs> Fuck that. I am against. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I respect I, that. I feel compelled to jump in here because uh, uh, the you way have that it? they're doing this. <laughs> yeah, I already have it. <laughs> no, I am uh, a cyborg. This what they've done. One of their their major advances is creating a robot that can implant these like microscopic or maybe not microscopic, but very tiny, tiny wires into your brain uh, while avoiding um, blood vessels, which is what is most problematic whenever you're operating on the brain. And so basically they come in, Wait, they we didn't drill trust a, little... a robot to do a COVID test, but, but... you're fine with this <laughs> because Elon's because your baby boy Elon says it's okay. Yeah. Precisely, because I've seen the videos and they can precisely place these things in to help, you know, regain all of these, you know, all of the things we've talked about. Um, so I'm for it because this is interesting in that I feel like the short term, like aspect of this company is like most beneficial compared to like the theoretical long-term, um, you know, mm. goal of creating a symbiosis with artificial intelligence such that we can help guide it uh, and prevent it from leading us astray. I think a lot of times people think about AI, like in terms of like the Terminator, like the robot somehow determined that they want to control the world. Uh, but I think there's a, a greater threat of AI just optimizing for outcomes that we didn't think about what the like external variables would be. So for example, if you were to take a general AI robot that doesn't exist today, that the, there's no such thing as general AI, but something that, you know, has the power of a computer, but has the, you know, cognition of a human and combine that together to like fix the problem of spam email that AI robot might determine that humans are the cause of spam email. And in order to get rid of spam email, we need to get rid of humans. And they solve that problem and inadvertently uh, destroy uh, humanity. So by creating something that is genuinely human, but also has the horsepower of a you know supercomputer, uh, you might be able to put in those, you know, stop gates. And so I think that, um, not everything is inevitable. I don't think we will like inevitably make it to Mars. Um, NASA's plan was to go to Mars after the moon. And then uh, the, the Saturn V rocket was designed to be like big enough to make it to Mars. But then, you know, funding and uh, 
uh, national priorities shifted. And so that, that stopped. And so it, it's ridiculous that in our lifetime, um, like a, a U.S. astronaut has not stepped on the moon. We've only seen like old footage from when our, our folks were young. Um, so that's not inevitable. And so I, I do think that it does take intention and Elon is doing it. Um, I do, however, think that AI, the, like the race for AI is an inevitability because the country or nation state that can can do it first is going to have so much power that it's hard to imagine. So we need to create that symbiotic relationship between AI and humans, as Robbie alluded to. Yeah, and, and that's the scary thing. It's like if the person who creates that powerful AI first is somebody with either bad intentions or at least negligent intentions, it could be very dangerous. So yeah, yikes. I'm four. <laughs> All right. Uh, this next company uh, is um, Tesla. Tesla uh, is an automotive company. They make electric cars. Uh, they also uh, make solar panels. Um, they also Through create Solar uh, City. Solar City is uh, the company that they acquired. Um, and uh, they also uh, create uh, battery storage devices, uh, both for the home, but then also for uh like uh cities and i believe a uh, part of australia southern australia that had uh, routinely suffered from blackouts um they got this huge tesla battery plant that helped to stabilize the grid um and has saved uh, you know millions if not billions of dollars uh, due to lost uh, productivity uh, that, that they no longer suffer from so you know tesla i think everybody has seen a tesla they know what tesla does um, they are currently working on self-driving fully autonomous vehicles uh and you know there's there's a whole lot that that, that could do but what do we think about tesla the company that may displace one of the uh, our country's leading jobs, uh, which is driving, driving trucks, driving cars, driving people, driving freight. Um, what do we think? Is this a good thing? Does it have to happen? Should we not be doing it? Let's start with Pat. Um, well, why do you have to go there? <laughs> um, I'm going to say overall, I'm, I'm definitely for um, my next car will definitely be electric. I don't know what company it will be. I know I would really like the VW bus that they're coming back out with that's electric, but if it's going to be like 80 grand, then I do not like it. Um, <laughs> uh, but I really like this move away from gas and all that jazz. Uh, they've done a great job. Like even Knoxville, there's Tesla charging stations all over the city. Um, so that's really cool. Even Knoxville. Yep. <laughs> and I, I like that it's pushing um, the driverless vehicles because it's going to be a much safer road. And I get so annoyed anytime that there is a crash with a driverless vehicle because cars crash. And like if you if there's a small enough amount of driverless cars crashing that you hear about every single one, that's pretty damn good because driving is not a safe thing to do. And it's it's so much safer. And most of the time it's also user error. So like people are like, things are going to happen. So to be like, oh, we have to make this sound scary because it's the same thing with the COVID vaccines. Like they've said, it's only 95% uh -huh. like works. So when somebody gets COVID, like, yeah, it's only 95%. 
like, what do you want? Like, how is that a big article? Like, it's yeah, just, that's exactly kind of what I was thinking of. Me. Um, but there are, with any of this stuff, there's, there's pluses and minuses because you, that is a lot of jobs of people that are driving. And the, like one thing that's probably been a boon to workers is this whole new, I can use my car to pick up groceries for somebody. And if that gets then taken away, that's another industry that where, where are the next jobs going to come from? So I think that's a problem, but that's always going to be a problem. And I think there's more good here than bad. Um, so overall I am for Tesla. It's also what they said about the horse selling business that (laughs) cars were going to put horse sellers out of business and turned out pretty damn well for most people. Yes. Mike, what about you? Tesla (laughs) for against Tesla. There's a Tesla yeah. factory in Texas they're, near they're Austin. Building one. They're, they're building, building one. one. Yeah. Um, the cyber truck is going to be built there. What do we think? A lot of Teslas around driving around here in Austin. Um, Teslas, I really, really, as uh, Patrick mentioned, uh, support the um, concept of an electric car and not only for its uh, value in, in the environment, but also the capabilities of, of self-driving that Tesla has provided um you know there's a needless number of people who have died um in in automobile accidents that could be prevented with self-driving cars we talked about that on episode two if you guys want (laughs) to rewind the clock and listen to that Um, listen to our theme song it's also in our theme song so we're all for that um so i can really be uh when it snows though tesla (laughs) good callback what if it's a callback to a year ago (laughs) what if so I'm for Tesla uh, generally. Um, I think it, I think the fact that they took their patents and they made them free so that they could, I mean, that's a proof in some pudding for uh, them saying that they really do want to have a, a seismic sociological change uh, when it comes to driving. Um, I really, really hate all Tesla drivers for the most part because they're sanctimonious, uh, rich uh, buttholes. But um <laughs> Uh, my friend Dubby uh, excluded, uh, but uh, uh, you know. So I, I, I think as they become more and more um, prevalent, um, you know, we'll have a lot to thank Tesla for. With the, uh, you know, something I read today said by 2027 it'll be cheaper to make an electric car than a than a, a combustion car. So um, for that, for what they've done there. Uh, there are, I would be remiss not to mention the workplace culture uh, controversies that have happened in Tesla factories. Uh, COVID-19 forced people to go to work against uh, California's restrictive lo- rules. Um, there's been no- a number of, um, of complaints about workplace harassment, racial discrimination, uh, people uh, concerned about um Elon Musk's use of Ambien and recreational drugs uh, that employees weren't allowed to talk to him at certain times during the day due to unpredictable rages. But again, we will talk about that later. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm not going to be the guy who (laughs) counters all of those claims because I just don't know enough details about them. So I'm just going to ignore them conveniently for now because we have a whole nother section where we talk about those things. Um, I want to talk about the tech. I want to talk about uh, the the, the good that I think that this is doing in terms of expediting our... uh, um, dependency away from fossil fuels that uh, cause all sorts of uh, you know 
complicated uh, geopolitical issues. It's not great for the environment. Uh, I, I think that the cools themselves, uh, the cars themselves also look really cool. And uh, I think that it's cool to have a company that is bold enough to create something like the Cybertruck. Now, I don't want a Cybertruck. I think it looks like a silver piece of cheese, but <laughs> but I love that it exists. And I love that I will get to see people driving them around. And no other car company would have even dared to you know, present that as a concept vehicle, let alone build a factory in Austin, Texas to produce hundreds of thousands of them annually. I am for Tesla. And since I didn't go yet, I'll quickly say, <laughs> uh, yeah. I you went twice all... last time. So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, I, I go twice on most turns. I know you do. Um, but anyways, you guys have already pretty much said it. They've pushed an entire industry forward. Without Tesla, other car manufacturers would not have already been as advanced as they are at pushing their cars to reduce emissions and move into electrical vehicles. So just from an industry perspective, I'm super for that. Uh, and yeah, well, I wine. And by the way, even though this wasn't the Elon, the man section, it is definitely noteworthy to bring up working conditions and, and other discriminatory issues that are certainly worth discussing, which we'll talk about after these messages. They're less. also paid less. The workers are paid less than Ford workers and uh one of the other and they've had four general councils in the last three years (laughs) because people quit because they don't want to work with elon (laughs) all that and more after this break for against is brought to you by our very own merch store that's right we have merch visit foragainstpod.com slash shop to check out our spirited apparel and home goods we've partnered with on-demand printing and fulfillment company printful.com so that means that any idea we have for a product can quickly be uploaded to our store processed by them and purchased by you check out our merch store at foragainstpod.com slash shop foragainst is also brought to you by cryptoswatches.com a crypto swatch is a digital collectible traded on the wax blockchain they're the easiest most accessible way to get started learning about non-fungible tokens and crypto art visit cryptoswatches.com today and we're back actually we're not in playing back this episode we realized that the second half of the entire episode all 30 minutes of it was unfriendly unfunny and nearly unlistenable so let me summarize it to you right now all four of us basically felt the same way but got into an extreme level of minutiae about why we felt slightly different we're all kind of for elon but feel that he has some major flaws. Catch you next time. Bye. Just old friends on the podcast who build a defense on ridiculous topics are you for or against? Discussing random issues, man, the show is immense. So tune in and choose a side that you sit on the fence. Man, we debate a lot of issues, boy, where do we start? Adults who drink milk and self-driving cars. You listening now to for or against? So turn the volume up, this is for or against.